Welcome to Talking Out Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. Have we ever had another topic series? I don't know why I say it like that. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's something on the horizon. Anyways, today's episode, faux pas. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. We've been having some time difficulties getting things organized. So we're a little earlier than we have been the last couple of weeks because we've had to hurry up and... Uh, do the post-production and get it out. So we have an extra day today. We do. It's pretty exciting. And we actually, yeah, it's the last few weeks, last few months have been so busy and uh, slowing down a little bit, which, which for me is helpful to be able to actually find normal time to do this. But then with, between our schedules, it was kind of uh, mad over the last little while to find the right days. And so it was a little last minute, but now we're early. Because I know you worry about post-production. I worry about, yeah, yeah, yeah not. <laughs> you know, see, see, one of the things about having a partner that you really trust is, and, and, and so we've talked about the Enneagram uh, a lot, and Alistair is a five. So Alistair is detail-oriented. He, he l- listens to things over and over again. He really enhances the sound to what it is. I kind of just show up and... Uh, and I do review it and I do give feedback, but it's always so good that I just never have to worry. So it's very peaceful being in this chair. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, let's continue on. Uh, we've both been managers or leaders or, or uh, supervisors for most of our career. We both uh, benefited from other people assisting us in our development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee and move on. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations we've learned from them and we're always going to have an underlying theme of a really good discussion and uh we missed it last week it was episode 150 oh wow no cake no nothing oh, sorry about that man i just I was i was on, not on the ball so uh but i you know it's it's always good to not celebrate right on the date so I, let's celebrate 152 okay okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go to um uh farm boy and buy some of those uh Pumpkin, Chog, pumpkin pie, pumpkin. Oh, pumpkin pie, possibly. Although I had quite a bit of Thanksgiving, but I was I was thinking uh, caramel uh, chocolate cookies that they make there that are like whew, off the charts. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> good, good, good. And and by the way, faux pas is is that the greatest? Uh, I know, I, you know, like some some words, some phrases just kind of make you just smile. And although faux pas is not something that you want to smile about, the the words itself are just fantastic so well i wrote the episode and i just struggled with the name mm. i went from misspeak to a bunch of other things and then i was sitting there i went faux pas of course that's the name and so then i just added the name and we're good to go yeah so it's not for pa it's not for our fathers no it's faux pas faux pas yeah <laughs> I exactly, exactly. I just, I just just have fun okay <laughs> so you have a work environment where you experience some or all of the following The boss says something in a meeting that is not true and perhaps a little insensitive. The boss is talking and doesn't read the room, providing information and opinions that perhaps should have been rolled out in a more appropriate manner. The boss says something that is just ridiculous. If there is an issue with what is said, the boss doesn't address it. The boss uh, creates a faux pas and is silent on major changes or issues. So Greg, how important is this subject and how does it affect our relationships? And the work environment. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think the reality is faux pas happen. You know, we're, we're human. And, and 
listen, uh, if we're tired, if we're stressed, um, sometimes just if we're not thinking. And some of us have a tendency to say them more than others just because of our personalities. I was coaching someone today and they were saying one of the things that they wanted to do was learning to slow down because because they they're always their intentions were good. But because they go fast and they're in a fast-paced environment and having to just go through so much change, sometimes they do things that get them in trouble or send people off on the wrong direction. And a faux pas is really just an accident, a mistake. It, uh, and often it happens when we're under all those situations. And, and it adds to um, confusion at best. Uh, but it can actually really, uh, if, if it's a really bad faux pas, it can add, add, it can lead to disillusionment, a lack of belonging, um, to even something that is more serious, legal aspects. Some, sometimes if it could be something that someone says that isn't supposed to being said it, uh, to a deal or something that's going on in the organization or an inappropriate comment that, that, uh, you know, is just not acceptable. Um, uh, so yeah, it can be really tricky. And we have to realize that we're human. Um, and sometimes it's what we do when we do it. It's the next step that is the most important. And I'm sure we're going to talk about what are the things we can do to help prevent the faux pas. But when they happen, then what are the things we do to just recover from the faux pas? Because recovery is as important as planning sometimes. It was interesting. I was listening to another podcast, Pivot, and I think I've mentioned it before. And the, uh, the two, uh, people hosting it, uh, Carrie and, uh, Scott, they, they were, the question came up of current events, political events. And we don't talk about politics on here. It's not what we're about, but it was funny because they were asking each other questions, what they thought. And it was interesting because they both went, we're not informed. We're not a stake. We, we just, it's so complicated. We're not going to say anything. And I thought, wow, because I'd already kind of, kind of worked this thing out. I went, isn't that interesting? Somebody that was silent on an issue because they, they decided, you know what, I think in this issue, I need to listen for a while. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, what a great thing. Can you imagine jumping into some conversation that you don't have any perspective on? You don't have any context. You don't have any history on it. And you go and you say something that could be offensive to all sorts of people and realizing that you're in a situation that sometimes maybe the proper thing to do is just listen to what's going on. And I thought it was just really, really good because I've heard all sorts of faux pas. I've done some, Greg. Mm-hmm. And you know what? In a couple of those situations, I should have just been quiet and listened to what was going on and then in a more measured, informed way, have a conversation and say some things and make a decision. Yeah, I got a webinar that I'm doing in November with one of my partners. And my big piece of it is is the importance of I don't know. Mm. And even I don't know is one of those things um, that that can pause things and really just don't make up stuff. But often leaders feel that they've got to say something. They've Fill got the to, silence. They've okay. got to have a position. In it. And when it gets into the crunchy things that are going on today, boy, oh boy, you just don't want to. If it, I love that comment about if I'm not informed, you know, say it. And that's part of what a leader does too. If someone else makes a faux pas or even before they make the faux pas you can actually set the room up by saying listen this is a crunchy topic um i don't think any of us are really informed i I can certainly tell you that i'm not informed in this situation if we're going to have a conversation let's do the research first let's let's say it's not political but it has something to do with the business operations but actually declaring and modeling 
that if you don't know, don't say. Bring somebody in. Yeah, or bring somebody in, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really like this topic. There's been a few times when I've listened to somebody say something, I went like, WTF, what are you doing? And a couple times it was me, and as soon as something came out of my mouth, I felt that burn. You know you've done something wrong, you've right. said the wrong thing, and you get that burn, and then it's, okay. And you kind of alluded to it earlier. What do I do next? This next thing is the most important thing. So I really like this topic, and uh, I've made the mistake. Other people have made mistakes. And I think it's one of those things as a, a leader or supervisor or whatever you are, this is when we figure out what we're about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, even if you are an evolved leader that really tries hard, and we're going to talk about some of the things you can do to help prevent yourself from doing it. But you know what? Those evolved leaders are also the ones when they do accidentally step in it and do something that is a faux pas because they are present because they're really listening with more than their eyes and their ears and uh, the whole body, they sense it. Because you're right. You, you, you just described it. Uh, you know, like I have been, and, you know, I've been a very uh, unpresent leader and done something and left. And it wasn't until someone had the courage afterwards and said, hey, when you did this, this is what it made some people feel. And, you know, I think you should do something. So you have those great people around you. But uh, um, I've also been more present, like really kind of showing up in the right way and still <laughs> stepped in it. But, but in those moments, I actually felt the room shift. Yes. And then you saw looks on people's faces and, uh, you know, we're going to talk about this later, but that, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And it's about being present and it's about knowing your people and owning your mistakes. And we're going to talk about that. So as a manager, what can you do to assist in this situation? Make sure you think about what you're going to be speaking about, why, and what you want to accomplish. And do you need to say anything anyways? Yeah. You know what? We've talked a lot about the importance of, uh, creating space before you go into meetings and, and creating the right mindset as you enter the meeting and really being thoughtful. And this doesn't mean we, we expect people to spend hours before a meeting, but we've shared on this podcast that the best practice out there is really just taking 10 minutes, at least between one meeting to another, five minutes to kind of shut down and capture and clear your thoughts and five minutes to actually think about, okay, what am I entering into? Who's there? What are the most important things I want to say? How, what do I want people to leave with? What are the watch outs that I might come up with? You know, those are just things quickly to go through in your head that allows you to show up. And that last one, do I need to say anything in this point? So uh, I just think it's so important and we don't spend the time. We're rushing from meeting to meeting. I bet you over the last uh, uh, two or three weeks, I have had uh, uh, four or five coaching sessions where this has been the biggest issue that people are experiencing. The overload of meetings, which has resulted in them not being thoughtful and prepared, which has resulted in some kind of faux pas or mis-messaging or whatever. It's such an important thing. And I would plead folks, find time in your schedule. Delay the meeting, start till 10 after. Like, you know, uh, whatever. Get your act together. Get your act together. And the next one kind of feeds into that. Write out, at least in point form, what you're going to say. I don't know how many times the faux pas has been 
the person misspoke in terms of what the facts are or mm -hmm. what was going on. And if you sit down, give some thought, and you know, write down at least in point form on cards or on, or on whatever, on your laptop or whatever, it's going to take away the, the possibility of errors and it's going to keep you on track. And and you know, hopefully, you're as effective as you need to be. Yeah. And someone else told me that this one thing that they actually do is that in addition to doing the points, they also put in block letters, pause. Yeah. And check in pause and ask questions because you know with our we we can go check 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 got it done done victory v victory v versus you know it may, might seem silly to actually put pause in there but if you know that you are having a hard time remembering to pause thus resulting in faux pas uh well, i thought that was kind of clever Maybe Very not. clever. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, the, the rolling of the eyes didn't feel like it was clever. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry, uh, Greg. That was very ha ha ha. That, yeah, that yeah. was very very good. Yeah, but but it is you know the, just put it in because uh, I need it in block letters. It reminds me because when I get especially when I'm riled up with something, even if I've done the planning, if I'm excited about something or anxious about something, I need to almost like s stick the stamp on my head to pause. I am a firm believer in, in writing notes before you have an important conversation or you have a you know public speaking type of thing. I would feel totally unprepared if I didn't have something in writing in front of me. It doesn't have to be a speech. It could be a one-page thing. It could be an index card. It could be something on my phone. doesn't matter. I would feel totally unprepared if I'm going in and I haven't at least sat down and thought, you know, make sure that I know what I want to accomplish. I agree. And depending on your style, having those bullet points are sometimes great for people that forget stuff. And, but they're also great for people who tend to talk too much. And so for me, it's been very helpful because I get passionate and then I get wordy. Uh, by, by having the three points, I can say, Hey, so the three gives points, you guardrails. Yeah. The three points that I want to cover are blah, blah, blah. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Any, any builds, any thoughts? And I think the next two kind of go together. I'm just going to put them together if you don't mind, Greg. Mm -hmm. How do you come across funny, stuffy, all over the place? Do you actually understand the room? Like if you're talking about a really serious subject and cracking a joke might not be great. And if you're going into a stressful situation and things are better than people think, then maybe a joke is a good thing. And maybe people are just uptight and you just need to be you know, reassuring them or whatever it is. But understanding the room and realizing how you come across when you talk, or maybe that you need to be very specific to these people. Yeah. You know, this is one that we've, we've a number of podcasts back. We talked about something called CPR. And if you, if you search at CPR, it's context, purpose, results. So before you go into meeting, ask yourself, what's the context? Uh, what's happening around what's happening to the people, what's happening in this room. So I really have a good idea of how I show up. Cause if you don't ask the context and you just go in my per P is purpose, what's the purpose that I'm that of the meeting, what's the per my purpose I'm trying to deliver. And then what are the results? But that context is often the one we forget. We can be really clear on our purpose. We can really be clear on what we want people to take away the results but if we don't think about that context, then we might show up funny in a time when funny doesn't work, or we might show up stuffy in a time that stuffy doesn't work. I'm not sure stuffy ever works, but um, um, 
definitely, uh, you know, like how, what, what is going to be most connecting, um, and what's needed in this moment and that understanding the room, you know, we talk also in every podcast is know your people. Uh, but not only know your people, know the context of the situation that's happening. The combination of those two are really powerful that will help minimize your faux pas um, or, or, or be more aware when they occur uh, because you'll sense it. Yeah, I agree. Um, sometimes you need to be really sensitive. Sometimes you just need to say what needs to be said and create a space for people mm-hmm. and maybe then continue on. I've seen some really, really good people uh, holding like a, a public meeting in, in an organization and just, you know, their timing, their sensitivity, you know, making eye contact with people, seeing that people had taken in what they had said and then rolling into the next point. It's so much more effective and people go, Oh, he's, he's, he's connecting with us. He's really, there's a he has a lot to say, but he's, he's bringing it forward in a way that we can, you know, take it in and we're not rushing through this. He's not, you know, it, it's just, it's much more sensitive to the situation. I've seen some really, really good people deal deal this way. I agree a hundred percent. You know, it's interesting because there's the analogy of how do you work the soil before you put the seed in? And so how you show up and how people feel. I mean, I've been in situations where I was announcing a uh, plant shutdown. Um, Mr. Popular. Oh yeah. And it was tough. Um, you know, uh, this particular plant, we fought to keep it open, but no one necessarily knew that what they knew was the organization had made the decision and we're the people who have to tell it. But again, how we showed up, um, that tone of how we approach things, the seriousness, um, and the care, um, opened the ears that people were upset, but they, they kind of had a feeling that we were going to take care of them. They had a sense based upon how all those things that you talked about were so important. And, um, it ended up being one of the most positive stories in a very bad situation. You've shared it with us a couple of times. It mm-hmm. really is a good one. I remember when you were going through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very tough. And if you mess up, you need to fix it. Greg, I've heard a couple people say things that on top of it, were, were factually wrong were said in a very insensitive way and the person knew it and they never redressed what happened. Mm-hmm. You have to sometimes say, I'm sorry, or I misspoke. These are the facts. I'm sorry that, uh, I messed up on it or whatever it is. You know, if anybody took offense to what I said, or, you know, I was insensitive being, you know, you got to fix it. Mm-hmm. You, you have to eat crow. And, uh, I don't know if that's just a Canadian thing, but, uh, you, you really do have to address it. Otherwise it affects your relationship with maybe a lot of people. Yeah. And how you address it is really important because you know, if it's, if it is, well, I was told that I messed up and, uh, you know, for those that were offended, I'm sorry. That sounds so sincere. So sincere versus there's so much power in honest reflection and 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 how you do it so i've heard people say you know what um yesterday i said blah blah uh and i am so grateful that uh, i have the trust of a number of folks that had the courage to come to me and said hey do you know when you said this some people interpreted it this way 
And that resulted in them feeling this way and going forward. And, and I am so grateful for, and I would hope that we're creating the kind of environment that if we do make mistakes, which clearly I did yesterday, um, you will hold me accountable and help me see so I can continue and grow as a leader. And so I just want to appreciate it. I want to read that just boom, changes everything because people now, if this is your 10th time you've said it, that's a whole different scenario. However, um, that I've seen that happen where people have been like the, the buzz after a recovery meeting like that is, is just tremendous. It's a relationship builder actually. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That mistake builds the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The power of fixing it um, and acknowledging it and owning it uh, is so important. Well, even in our dynamic here, I remember as soon as I edit this and do all the post-production, I send it to Greg. He gives it a listen to. And as long as we both have a thumbs up, it goes out. And if we have a guest, they have to give a thumbs up too. Mm-hmm. I used to phrase, can't remember what it was, not important. But you listen to it and you, uh, I remember I was out getting fish and chips. And you uh, sent me a message to listen, I'm concerned. You use this phrase. In itself, it's innocuous, but there could be a segment of our population that takes offense to it. I went, oh, okay, thank you. Got in the car, listened to it on the way home. Went, you know what? I could see that. Mm-hmm. Went back into the studio, studio, my office. And uh, I edited it and, and uh, took that uh, comment out and took some stuff out on either side to make sure that you know the context of the conversation was still going. And it's like, no, that's... That's a relationship building thing. Yeah. You know, you said, it wasn't like you're dragging me out and said, you did something bad. I said, listen, Alistair, you said something, perhaps um, some people might take offense to that. And that's certainly not my intent. And so, yeah, right away, go back into the studio, fix it, fix the problem. And in that situation, uh, what was interesting was uh, I was not aware of it until just like the day before I had had a conversation with someone who said, hey, this experience happened to me and this is how I felt and that type of thing. And I thought, oh. I never knew that there was that shift in the language and that interpretation and that type of thing. So, so the, the thing is we're all growing and we're all exposed to different and new pieces of information that really help us all improve. And when there's a shared belief, I know who you are. I know what your intentions were in that in particular situation. Um, but it was an insight. And if I really care for you, I'm going to say, hey, this is something that we might just want to consider. Think about it. And you were like, well, yeah, yeah, I could see that. So let's do the shift. So that's a, that openness, that trust is so, so important um, when you make the mistake, especially when you make a mistake. And in our context, I certainly don't want any of our listeners to feel right something that we don't want them to feel. Yeah, yeah. Because already we, we say near the end offensive or made you angry. Because we don't want anybody to be overly angry or offensive of everything, say, mm-hmm. but specifically, you know, I don't want a segment. I don't want anybody to feel like we're insensitive to a situation, yeah, right? I agree, 100%. And if something major is going on, people want to hear from you. Greg, there's probably about four or five times in my career where something big happened and the boss has never addressed it, never called a meeting, never sent out. I, I, I don't like the emails that come out to announce stuff. I think if we can, we should get together and talk about mm-hmm. it where nothing was said. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, do we not matter? Like what happens if we have questions? Like being a leader means sometimes you have to answer tough questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, about four or five times in my career, it's like, are you kidding me? That's it. Yeah. Change management. One Oh one is when big things are happening, 
get out on the floor, get be present. You have to almost increase your level of presence. Um, and you might not be able to say the answer. People might say, well, tell me more. And, and you might have to say, well, clearly, I hope you hope you understand that this is a, a personal confidential thing. And there's some things that I can't share. But you're present. But I'm present. But what I can tell you is that um, much care was put into that dialogue. And 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 there is, a, a, um, I feel, a really good level of support for the individual. I can't tell you anything more, but that's what I can tell you. Uh, it changes everything again uh, versus that that vacuum of silence uh, that I'll make up my own stories. So uh, better to be out there to um, share your perspective and at least just be physically present or, you know, online in meetings, whatever that might be. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, when people push in that situation, because we, you know, if you've been a manager or supervisor, whatever, people have left the organization and somebody, you know, really push hard. Well, I want to know what's going on. Listen, I hope you can appreciate this. It's a private matter. You certainly wouldn't want if something was going on in your life, me walking around telling other people, but this is an extremely private matter. Mm -hmm. And if that person has something to say, I'm sure they will say it, mm -hmm. but I'm going to respect their privacy. And I'm here just to reassure you folks that everything's going on. The person is being supported and, uh, you know, maybe they want a call from you. Maybe mm -hmm. they don't, but I I'm going to leave that with you. Yeah, because when you don't, or you approach it in a, uh, the other way, either say things you shouldn't say, which is another faux pas, or don't say anything, what people will think about is, so if anything like that happens to me, obviously that's the way they're going to treat me. You know, so again, that level of trust disintegrates and tough things. And when you're deciding on speaking or not, keep the people you work with in mind. What do they need in this situation? Mm -hmm. What I find helpful in this situation is, Greg, is, you know, if I'm in a leadership position or whatever I am, going back in my history and going, okay, when I was, when I found myself in a similar situation as an employee, what did I like and not like about that situation? Going back and looking at historical precedents, really, really helpful. Uh, rather than just think off the top of my head, what are the, you know, what would people want from this? And then mm -hmm. talking to maybe some peers or whatever, but giving some thought to it, because you want to be sensitive to the situation. You want to give people enough so that they know you're present, that everything's okay, that, you know, things are, will continue. Just think it's really important to put some thought into it. Yeah. And you know what, if it's, if it's just off the cuff or something that is uh, smaller, think about this. If it's a bigger change that you're working through, um, we, I always recommend a, a change implementation strategy. And part of that is, is actually having discussions around, okay, who are going to be impacted by this? Um, what is their current context? What are the things that are probably most important for them to hear? And actually just craft out again, those bullets by stakeholder group, by whatever it is. Spending that time up front again sends a message that you actually care uh, because often they're the same common themes, but they're tweaked just slightly to to support the the needs of that group. And again, bringing the right people around the table to have that discussion is so powerful. In one change management situation I was part of, Greg, we held 36 focus group meetings. Mm. just to give people an opportunity to get a little bit more information, but more importantly for us to listen mm -hmm. and find out uh, you know, what the stress points were, what was on people's minds. And some of the meetings went really well, some of them not so much, some in between. But at least we were present and we went out there and we had these conversations with a huge cross-section 
of the workforce. Well, you know, some people think and they'll say 36 meetings, man, that's madness. Why would you waste all that time on meetings? But you know what the percentage of, of change, <laughs> successful invitation of, of things is? It's, it's so small millions and billions of dollars, whether it's a system change or a major process change, um, the the success rate long-term of those things actually being sustainable is ridiculously low. Uh, and it increases significantly when you do the right things, like have those kinds of focus groups and dialogues to listen, to tweak, to adapt, to engage, those are all so powerful. So it might seem like a lot of time, but how much does a successful implementation cost you, especially if it doesn't work? It's an investment in relationship. Yeah. yeah. So let's jump over to the employee. Uh, what can we as an employee do to assist the situation? The first one is keep an open mind when the boss is talking. Listen to what's being said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, forgiveness, I'm not sure if this is on the list down the line, uh, but but recognize that your boss is human. And also that whole idea of the context, really think about what are they working through? What's their current situation? I think that open mind helps. It's your mindset is that, you know, most people are good. Most people are just trying their best. And just widening the scope, and especially if they do something and say something wrong, um, you know, be curious. You know, what's going on behind the scenes? And ask questions when you have a chance. If perhaps the delivery isn't great, it wasn't well planned out, there's holes in what they're saying, or they're not clear, when you have a chance, as long as you're not too heated, ask some good questions. Yeah, you know, I've had great partners that work for me or in other areas when I've done a what I thought was a clear presentation, and they have saved me by saying, hey, Greg, um, a couple points of clarity I just want to understand, because I, I may have just heard it wrong or whatever, but uh, um, I think you said this, what I understood was this, and uh, can you clarify a little bit of which is the most important? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks. And and it allows that openness of dialogue. But I've been saved a number of times because I can move pretty quickly and forget things or miss things. Or people will say, hey, the one thing that I didn't hear that I think it's important for the team also here is my understanding is that we are going to do this with regards to support. Is that am I am I correct on that thinking, Greg? And I'll inside I'll say. Thank you for remembering that. And I'll say, yeah, that is a great point. Here's what we're doing, you know, because we're human. So uh, ask those questions if you can in the meeting in a way that's going to actually support and resolve the situation. And if not, then afterwards, you're right. Coming and saying, you know what? I think this was a miss. I'm not sure, but tell me, tell me. I've done a lot of outreach over my careers. And one of the things I really enjoyed was doing it with at least one other person. So that when maybe my segment's done, I would always look over to one of the other people and say, do you have anything, you know, Greg, do you have anything to add there? We do it every day when we do mm -hmm. this podcast, right? It's better doing it with somebody else. And uh, I just find that is, it's, it's a bit of a safety net, right? Because mm -hmm. you're right. You're in the moment, you know, you might not have had your coffee yet that morning, you're tired, or this thing got thrown together really quickly. 
it's nice to have a safety net out there and for somebody to kind of kind of come up behind you and clean up after you and you clean up after them. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. And sometimes what is being talked about may cause an emotional response. Really important that we know that that response is coming up in us. So if we're going to ask a question, maybe not be sarcastic or maybe we need to ask the question later. Maybe we, you know, we got to think about it and say, you know, where do I need more information? And uh, maybe I need to go for a walk. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, you know, and we'd encourage folks to uh, a tool that I, um, I'm not sure if I created it or whether it's something was given to me, but it's called Learn to Sail. And sail is stop and breathe. So Al, if you're my boss, Alistair, and you say something that really creates an emotional reaction in me, stop and breathe. A is uh, um, acknowledge and accept that I am so peeved off right now at Alistair mm-hmm. for what he said. Um I is for inquire. So what what is behind my reaction here? What what does that mean? And how how am I going to take it? What am I going to do with it? And then L is uh, leverage, learn and let go. Um, and and learn might be afterwards in it, but again, it's a simple model of stop and breathe, uh, acknowledge and accept that I am. Because once you say once you accept that my energy is high, low, whatever it is. It, it it allows you to almost let it go and then inquire and let it go with regards to breath. So I would suggest definitely uh, breathe, move, and learn to sail. The next one is, uh, I know a lot of companies put out surveys and stuff like that, uh, temperature checks, or there's a whole bunch of names and, and, and cute sayings for these things. But when you get a chance to respond to any survey, make sure you mention any concerns over communications. This is something what I've seen uh, uh surveys go out on anything that I'm involved at. I really like to concentrate on any comments or any feedback on the communication. I want to make sure people are hearing what they need to hear, that we're saying in a clear manner Mm -hmm. and that, uh, making sure, uh, especially when I was out doing outreach, uh, you know, are we using the right terminology? Cause every group you talk to has a different level of sophistication or Mm -hmm. there's a mixture in the room, whatever it is you want to talk to people where they are. So I love the idea when I see survey results going, directly to where the communication stuff is to make sure that there aren't any, aren't any comments that are showing concerns or, or, you know, people go zero to 10 or whatever it is zeroing in on those things because the rest of the stuff is important. But if we're not communicating well with people in a bunch of instances that this is going to report back on, then that's on us. Mm-hmm. And it's specifically good if you do it right around, like specifically connected to an event or yes. or announcing that type of thing. And then please, 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 please share your results. So say, you know, like if you have the results and it's, you know, hey, you know, we did the survey last week. Top line, the three things that we learned is uh, we need to make it simpler because it's really we're using jargon that people don't understand um, that that people really appreciated the stories that helped us understand what it, whatever those things are, both the, the things you learn that you're going to do differently next time and the things that you can celebrate. That's going to build the trust. Don't do it. If you're not going to share uh, insights or follow ups, don't ask. And a bunch of the outreach stuff I, I used to do. Uh we would put like surveys on people's chairs and afterwards every one of those sheets of paper was read Mm. like now it's a different crowd every night every time something was done so you're not going to be reporting Mm -hmm. back to them but certainly those reports were read Mm -hmm. in terms of content people may have put in a subject that they didn't hear about that they all that stuff every piece of paper was read and impacted future presentations that's great that's great and make use of one-on-one meetings maybe there was a faux pas 
And maybe you find yourself, you know, in our, in the scenario we were talking about, you and I are really close. So, you know, you said, listen, Alistair, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think we need to address this 100%. If you have an, it's, uh, if you have an opportunity to talk to whoever it was that made the faux pas, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's a peer and you have a, uh, it's important enough and you have a good enough relationship and you're, you're pretty sure that this would be a helpful conversation, then you should share that. It's, it's important. If, if somebody is, is, is continually having a problem with how they're presenting themselves or the way that they're presenting material, then, you know, I'm sure they'd appreciate just a little tip that say, Hey, listen, you know, what you're saying here, you know, it's not really going over in the room. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the different tools you can use to do that. And one is to just set up the intention before and say, Hey, Alistair, I'm wondering if, uh, if I could have a conversation about the meeting, there were a couple of things that kind of I'm, I, I, I wanted to share my kind of reaction to, would you be okay? So uh, setting up the intention and then asking permission to share is a beautiful way. And then saying, so, so when you, when you shared this, um, this is how I felt, this is how I took it. And I, I don't think that was what you were thinking. Uh, and, but if I took it that way, what I'm worried about is that others will take it that way. Um, and so I want to just clarify the, th your thinking and, uh, I wanted you to be aware of my, and maybe it's just me, you know, and it possibly just me. Uh, but, but I think there might be others. And so I wanted to share with you because I, you're a great leader and I want to make sure that the, that we keep the team engaged, blah, blah, blah. That kind of conversation is a really powerful one, and most leaders will appreciate it. Again, you got to know your leader. If there are uh, more of an egotist and they don't, then you know it's not worth the, the better to fill out the survey. And um, uh, uh, but if you can have the courage to to uh, um, proactively and quickly um, have those conversations, because the speed of which the leader can recover is is so important. I really like that. And as the person on the other side, it's so important to, uh, when somebody's, you know, coming up to you and giving you some feedback to really be open to that. Uh, I got some feedback from somebody in something I do kind of on the side and, uh, I was so appreciative. I went, Oh, I understand what we're doing so much better. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And I hope the person didn't think I was fake because I was legitimate. Like I had not heard anything. Mm -hmm. And then when I heard this, I went, Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, because I was trying to give them what they wanted and I, you know, I thought I was. And then when I heard something else, I went, you know what, this has been such a good conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that, that, uh, yeah. you know, you, you, you spent a couple of moments with me and I agree. And, and it's also about expectations, which we talked about last week. It's just a good thing. So, you know, you really do need to have both people in a healthy position to take it. And, you know, if you've got the egotistical person, you know, maniacal leader, then it's not worth it. Then just write it down in the survey and hopefully somebody else mm -hmm. reads it. And then there can be a discussion mm -hmm. at a different level and mm -hmm. a different nature. But, um, yeah, no, no, I think that's good. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, wrap up, Greg. Yeah. I, my mind's quick. It's stuff happens. Um, and you can do things to minimize that bad stuff happening. And more, mo more of it is about, being planful and thoughtful and creating the space and the mindset of entering into things. But when it does, recovery is sweet if you own it and uh, um, share that feedback. So that's what I would say. Don't don't worry about footballs because they're going to happen. But uh, there are ways to minimize the number and also beautiful ways to recover when they happen. And leaders, you need to set yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. Prepare. Mm-hmm.
Think about things. Think about what you want to say, whether you should say it, what's going on in the room, what do people need in this situation? And uh, I think things go a lot better. Well, and the last thing we didn't cover, but it is, and you always say this, like who's surrounding you, who are you talking to? But in the room, you can also have people, if you know that you have trouble doing this. Bring your backup with you. Bring your backup in it and, you know, and and use that. If, if you have a hard time reading people, um, if you've got a friend who you can read really well that can shake their head or, you know, or give you a signal, that's a beautiful thing too. Because some, some of us are just not... We're not good at picking up the signals. What uh, what uh, some people do, and I think it's very ingenious, is if somebody's going to speak, they have an, a master of ceremonies, somebody that does, mm. you know, is very sensitive to the room that people identify mm. with. And Greg, that is really good. Quick question. Right. Right. And they start bringing this stuff up and then they, great... they, they play game show host and then they go, John, John. You have a question, John. You have a question, don't you? Yeah, yes, yeah, you do. Yeah, okay, yeah. let's hear the question. Yeah. And and quite often, if you have somebody that really isn't good at that, especially if they know it, saying, "Listen, we're going to have an MC that yeah. kind of master ceremonies all over this thing." And if you're one of those people, you're going to go, "Yes, thank you." It is beautiful. You know, it might be so, Alistair. I'm I'm sensing that that didn't quite answer your question. Um, and maybe if I can rephrase what I think you're asking, is that what you're asking? Yes, yes. Okay. All right, Greg. Can you give that? Like that's so helpful. And people appreciate it. Like people Thank speaking, you. especially if speaking isn't your best thing, and you're talking about a really difficult mm-hmm. subject, that, mm-hmm. and you do not want to be there. Mm-hmm. And we all, we all, we've all, we all feel bad for that person that has to say something. You know, they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing good about this. Having an MC or, or somebody like that to facilitate things uh, and kind of keep things rolling and be that kind of buffer the, you know, and especially if they have a good relationship with you and you trust them, it's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, listen, folks, uh, we hope, are you done? Are you I'm good? Done, I'm, done, yeah. I'm never sure if you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> so folks, we hope uh, some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We're hoping that you didn't find anything we said uh, offensive or made you angry. Cause that's certainly not our intention, but Greg, your philosophy lands very well on this episode as we get ready to Yeah, leave. yeah. You know, we always end the episode with a great uh, insight from my first coach that she said when we got together, there are things that we're going to, that she was going to say or that I might react to that are going to make me feel crunchy, maybe a little bit angry. Um, and those are often things that are just growth points for us. And so when they happen, similar to what I talked about before, Stop, breathe, acknowledge, uh, accept it, investigate it a little bit, and then learn from it. Uh, so we do, do hope that uh, you you may have some crunch uh, in uh, uh, listening to our conversation, and we also hope you had some joy. Things that you've discovered that, yeah, I'm doing that. I, yeah, I've tried that. I've learned that. Uh, and uh, it's just whether it's joy or crunch, they're both good learning opportunities. So just take that pause, reflect, and uh, learn. Shout out. Shout out. I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize in advance. I bag Colombia. Really? Colombia. Nice. We're all over South America these last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fantastic. You know, again, we've always said that no matter where you are, these issues, these opportunities are consistent. A little bit different culturally, maybe, but mostly the same because we're all humans. And we all, um, in this case, we all make mistakes. So uh, wherever you live around the world, there are going to be times when you may make a faux pas. 
Um, so it's just, what do you need to do if you do that? And how do you support the person who's done it? And hopefully you, you got a couple tips and ideas and thoughts and, uh, uh, some of our mistakes resonated with you. I think it's very universal, this concept. Mm -hmm. I agree. They just have another neat name for it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. Listen, folks, remember people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.